around them. Welcome them. service don't be in a hurry to go kindly wait for us on the first row on my left hand side your peers your colleagues and some of us will come and interact with you and uh, god bless you so much for coming and god bless those that invited you as well so just wait after service don't be in a hurry to go our departmental meetings are as follows on monday prayer between the hours of 4 to 6 p.m evangelism on tuesdays 9 to 1 p.m. Dramatic Arts on Fridays, 6 to 7.30 p.m. And then on Saturdays, all departments meet here between the hours of 3 to 5 p.m. And then church workers pray from 5 to 5.45. And then facilitators also meet between the hours of 6 to 6.30 p.m. Next move. Yes. This is an annual ICGC program. Um, it's happening here at Calvary Temple, and you can see the array of speakers, very powerful men of God. We have Reverend Adaimensa, Dr. Anthony Kujo, Dr. Mensah Otabo, Bishop Jemisa, Prophet Ano is also there. It's happening 18 to 21st April, the morning times 8 a.m. and then the evening 6 p.m. Don't come alone, invite someone. Let's all come during this Easter period to receive from God. And then on the 13th of April, um, there's going to be a Jesus match being organized by ICGC Calvary Temple. It's happening here. The converging point is ICGC Calvary Temple. There's going to be a brass band. It's going to be a mass evangelism. Let's all come. Let's all fully participate in this activity. The departure time or the converging time is 6.30 a.m. So let's all partake in this very all-important exercise. I also have here with me um, books for sale. Um, this one is called Reduced to Clear. It's supposed to even cost more than the amount. It's five CDs for one. Um, we, have, we have Are Your Prayers Answered by Raman Enu. And then we also have How Strong Is Your Faith. These two books are for sale at the front deck. So get a copy, read, and edify yourself. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. 
We'll take our offering. After offering, we're going to take our tithe. Um, we all know that tithe is a tenth of all our increase. Make sure you get an envelope. If it's the first time of paying tithe, and kindly write your full name and the amount at the back of the envelope. Those of you who haven't taken your tithe card yet, this is the first Sunday. You can get your tithe card at the tithe desk. Make sure you get your tithe and hold yourself in readiness. Um, we'll take our offering first. I want you to take your offering, pray over your offering, give your offering an assignment. Ask God that, God, this is what I have to give to you. Pray over your offering. Declare and speak over your offering. Are you praying over your offering? Amen. Amen. Some of you still had your eyes opened. Anyways, it's well. So we call on um, the Omega Choir to do us the honors of ministering to us as we take our offering. Let's clap for them as they come to minister.
take our tithes and it's a spiritual exercise. Um, let's all partake in this fully. Like we said earlier on, the tithe is a tenth of all our increase. And if you look at the Bible, it always encourages us to give our tithe and give it faithfully. If we read the book of Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9, it says, Honor the Lord with the first fruit of all thy increase, and your barns shall be filled, and your wine, your presses shall, shall burst forth with new wine. Let's all take our time. Far past the basket if you don't have your tithe here today in faith and trusting God that next time, a month about this time, you'll be able to give your tithe. So we give the opportunity to the team to sing as we undertake this spiritual exercise. You've done so much for me, I cannot tell you no. If I have 10,000 times, it still will be enough. Done so much for me, I cannot take it all. Hey, if I have 10,000 times, it still will be enough. Breaking it more. Breaking it more. Hey. 
walk on my belly. When you heal, you heal completely. Oh, to call my one more. This is Oh, come on, let's say, what shall I rain? opportunity to give. Daddy, you gave us a promise associated with tithes. May it be our portion in the name of Jesus. Pray and we commit everybody that gave into thy hands. Those who are not so able to give, Daddy, may you bless them. May this man be fruitful in the name of Jesus. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Before the man of God speak, um, I made a very interesting observation whilst the tithe was going on. I realized that about, about 80% of us we're dropping, we give strict instructions that get an envelope, put it inside, write your name, and then the amount on it. It's not an offering. Almost about 80% we're dropping cash into the, into, the, into the basket. I'm not here to preach on tithes, but I think let's start taking it very seriously. Tithing is a command. It's an instruction in the Bible. So try. Mommy gives you money. If mommy gives you chop money, just take everything. Um, 100 CDs, how much are you going to keep for tithe? 10. If it is one CD that you receive, the entire month is how much? It's 10 pesos. As, exactly. So this is non-negotiable. Non, non-negotiable, sorry. So if it is 10 pesos, put it in that envelope and write, it's your tithe. Okay? So let's, let's, let's take heed to this instruction. Okay? Are we good? All right, good. Um, we are very much honored to have um, a man of God in the house to minister unto us. He's going to continue from where he started off uh, last week. And uh, this man is very anointed. Um, he's my brother, he's my friend, and uh, he carries the word of God. Ladies and gentlemen, with a round of applause, let us welcome Dennis Senor Aurelius Akandi as the minister from God. Hallelujah. Close your eyes, please. (laughs) Uh, 
and I want us to pray. Um, everyone pray. I always do this not as a ritual, but so that you can set yourself apart for what God is about to do and get yourself ready and poised for his word or his ministration, whatever it is. I want you to pray. Maybe you're here, you're sleepy. You've been here for the first service. You're tired. You just want to go home. You're looking forward to what to eat in the afternoon. But God can do something in this next two hours. And I want you to pray and ask God to meet you. Say, Lord, I was here during the first service. I heard your word. But in the second service, give me a deeper understanding. Give me a deeper revelation. Show me something I have not seen or heard before. Touch my life in a special way. In the name of Jesus, open your mouth, pray, everybody. You pray, say, Lord, don't let familiarity set in. Uh, don't let me think, don't let me know, don't let it be that I've already made up my mind that I heard the word, the first service, so it's enough, but rather open up yourself for more. The Bible says, open up your mouth wide and I'll fill it. And we want us to open up our hearts this morning and say, Lord, that you'll fill our hearts, you fill our lives with life life that comes from your word in the name of Jesus continue praying somebody pray Lord even as the word comes let it minister to me as well let it touch my soul let it touch my inner being in Jesus name speak a word a life transforming word life changing word let me not be the same let this word continue to resonate in my spirit in the name of Jesus. Lord, I activate my faith as your word comes. We activate our faith. We're expectant of you this morning. We know you will do great things in our midst. In the name of Jesus, have we prayed with thanksgiving. Amen. Amen. Oh, amen. Amen to you can't say. Amen. Okay. You know, like my watch. Thank you. <laughs> I want you to look to your left. Have you, have you realized that something has changed? What has changed in here? What? Empty seats. <laughs> no, that hasn't changed from last week, unfortunately. Yeah. Yes. We, we, have, we have some new banners that we placed up there. And we have another one outside just when you're coming in. We're still activated to win souls. We're in the operation. Operation ITCC. Oh, come on. I said Operation ITCC. Operation ITCC. Don't worry. We're going to, we're going to take care of you. The shyness, I mean, the, the resources. We're going to handle everything. You say you don't have money. We'll take care of you. The tracks that we're going to come up with. Some of you say the tracks are boring. So, we're going to change the way we do things. We're going to change the tracks. If you see some of the tracks, I saw a track the other day and I was sharing with Uncle Bethmore. It looked like a $100 bill note. But it had the word of God on it. When you pick it up, you'll see a symbol. First, you see, you see a symbol of, you know, George Washington. But when you look closer, you'll see the million dollar question and on, on it it says that when you die where would you go would you go to heaven would you go to hell if Jesus comes today where would you go 
We're going to come up with all sorts of strategies. I mean, creative ways of sharing the gospel. I saw somebody. The track is shaped like a wallet. Yes, it's paper. But when you see it on the outside, you know what he does? He places it in such a way that you can see it. So people try to pick. When they pick them, <laughs> then he turns. And that gives them the opportunity to share the word of God. So don't worry, we're going to handle you very well. Because some of you are great evangelists. As I was sitting there thinking, I was like, you know, you know that we, some of us are really good football evangelists. Do you know that? Football evangelists. And me, I'm a good football evangelist. <laughs> no, no, not Liverpool. <laughs> I, remember, I remember one time I was, I, I, I was in a queue somewhere around airport residential. Early morning, I was buying some hot cocoa. Ah, I, and the day before, the, and Kose, the day before, the day before, Manchester United had beat PSG 3-1. I don't care what you say. Whether they say they cheated, all I know is my team won. And the next day, I took my jersey, confidently wore it. And as I stood in a the queue, there was a guy who just came to park by. He opened his window. He said, Man, you some fool. I said, I tell I said, no, there's no way I'm going to let this guy go. I turned, I said, you say what? He said, man, you guys, they cheat the game. They cheat for you. They cheated for you. I said, what do you, I said, what team do you support? He said, Chelsea. I said, oh my God, you just, you just bought the matter. And I said, before you can even talk to me, go and look for that lion in the crest in your badge. I learned he has crossed, he has left. He has crossed over to Turkey. When you find him, now you can come and talk to me. The passion with which I was defending my team it made me realize that I can be a great evangelist. Some of you, where is Caribbean? <laughs> the way Caribbean likes Liverpool, the passion with which he can defend. Talk about you can even mention the coach. He knows the coaches that said before, even before he was born, he can mention the coaches that existed. He can he knows the statistics, he knows what goal was scored in what finals, what semi-finals, Champions League. He even knows the, the referee's name in that game. You don't, hey, you don't know us guys, hey, because you know when we're going to an argument, we don't want to lose. Even if your team is losing, you want to pull out the statistics and say that, eh, but we won this one and we did it. You guys also lost this one. So we are always, we are always, always evangelizing. You're, an, you're a football evangelist. Some of you celebrity evangelists, you're quick to post. When someone, when Kim Kardashian posts something, phew, tweet, then you, you retweet. You're evangelizing. You're, you're evangelizing. You are promoting her cause. You're promoting what she's saying. You're not just a follower. You are her disciple. First of all, yes. You're a follower. You're her disciple. One, two. Now when she says it, you retweet it. You're evangelizing. That shows that we have the capacity. We have what it takes to become evangelists. Not even evangelists. We have what it takes to win souls. Let's not complicate it. Just to win souls. It means you can talk, you can represent God in whatever capacity you serve. Last week we started, we started talking about some reasons why we don't win souls and we were debunking them. We mentioned the reason, we debunk. We mention the reason and we tell you why that reason does not stand from a scriptural point of view. And this week we want to continue. Can you kindly put up John chapter 21 verse 3? 
John 21 verse 3. Hold we'll read from verse 1. Yes, verse 1 first. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, and on this wise showed he himself. Verse 2. There were together Simon Peter and Thomas called Didymus, and Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, and the two other of his disciples. Verse 3. Listen to this. Simon Peter said unto them, I go a fishing. They say unto him, We also go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately. And that night they caught nothing. So let, let's break it down. Jesus had come. He had died. He had made some promises. And he hadn't appeared unto them yet. But that was the season. He had risen up. But in that time, Simon... And the other disciples said, you know what, let's go back to fishing. This is what we're good at doing. Recall when we read Luke chapter 5, verse 1 to 11. That was the first encounter Jesus had with Simon Peter and his brother. They had cast their nets. Jesus had been preaching. He realized that the crowd was pressing against him. So what did he decide to do? He decided to take a boat that had been left behind by one of the fishermen. And that boat happened to be Simon Peter's. He got into it and he told Simon, he said, drift away from the shore so that I can speak the word to people. After he had done that, he said, cast thy net into thy water. Peter said, we cast our net all night long, but we have caught nothing. We've caught nothing. So, when he obeyed, he said, the Lord, nevertheless, at your instruction, we will cast the net. And when they did, they caught fish. And that was when Jesus told them, he said that, come, I will make thee fishes of men. Now, coming back to John, this is the second account. Jesus has died, he's risen, and he's about showing himself to, to people after his resurrection. He stands at the shore. They don't recognize him. But Simon Peter, the disciples say, we're going fishing. They had been given a great mandate. Had studied. It's like saying that you've gone to write your wasi three years. Three years, four years, nine, three years. It's back three years. You've written wasi, you have good grades. You said, I don't, I don't want to go to school again. I want to be a trader. Hey, are, are you okay there? Are you okay? You have good grades. These men had, they had served under Jesus. They had watched the master. They had learned from him. They had asked all the questions they could ask within that three-year period. They had practiced the thing, and it was working. Jesus sent them out two by two. They came back with miracles. They came back with testimonies, tangible testimonies to the glory of God. But after Jesus left, they said that we're going back. Because this was the predominant occupation they were used to. Before Jesus had come into the scene from the very beginning, they were fishermen by occupation. This is what they did for a living. This is how they survived. This is how they put food on the table for their families. Now, Jesus comes and says, I want to use this thing, this skill that you have. But rather than catch fish, I want you to be fishers of men. So he said, come and follow me and I will make you fishers of men. But they decided to let go of the mandate. Now, one of the reasons, one of the reasons why we don't win souls is because we isolate 
our Christian lives from our daily lives. In other words, we see our Christian lives to be separate from the life that we live after the Christian activity. For example, church, after today, some of you, you will not even open your Bibles again until next week Sunday. After today, some of you will not even think about God until next week Sunday. After today, some people don't even do their quiet time until next week. When Saturdays come, say, hey, Uncle Bethman will ask me if I've done my quiet time. So you let me do my quiet time on Saturday. So that when I come, say, yeah, I've done my quiet time. I lie. Sometimes we forget about God. Right? Tell the truth. We forget about, we forget about God sometimes. So there is that detachment. There is that isolation. It's like, let me separate the rest of my life from my Christian life. Let me separate my, my normal life, my day-to-day life from my life as a believer. So when you do that, you are not able to extend that which God has given you to your normal life because you see it as separate. You've created a barrier, demarcation. Now, Jesus did not choose the disciples because he did a random selection. He saw something in them. He saw an ability in them. He saw that these men could be fishes of men and not just fish because they had a skill. They had the ability to catch fish. They had ability to use technology. They, they would cast the net and then they would leave it for a while and pull it out and they would catch fish. They had something that enabled them to be able to catch fish. And Jesus saw that that same skill, that same ability, that same talent could be used to bring souls into the kingdom of God. Some of you have, you have, you have gifts. You have raw talent. Some of you can sing. When, when you start singing, just two days ago, I was just watching uh, this thing, Britain's Got Talent, and there was a lady who had been burnt in the fire. She was Nigerian, but she's based in the UK. And man, those first degree burns. I mean, they had tried so many surgeries. But one thing she, she knew how to do was to sing. And she happened to make it. When that lady picked the mic and started singing, it's like, you know how sometimes people can sing and they just sing. It's like they're ministering directly to your soul. It's like it's going, it's just going inside. It's going to your in. And as this lady sang, I mean, everybody was quiet. You know how sometimes people are so, there's that wild moment where people get up and start clapping, but nobody clapped until she finished. Because I believe that we were all, even I, I was telling my wife, I said, wow. I mean, it's like, uh, for that five minutes, you have been captivated. And some of you are so gifted. I was speaking to a lady, I never knew she could sing until today. Someone came to trick her and said that, Uncle Dennis, this girl can sing, but she doesn't want to join the choir forgive. Some of you don't, you don't want to do anything. You know you have a gift. You know you have a talent. Do you know the last year when we had, we had the youth week? Do you know when we had the youth week? There was someone who was supposed to come and paint. He was on the list. Red letter day. No show. He disappeared. And I asked him, I was like, ah, but you can paint. He said, oh, Uncle Dennis, I, I couldn't do it. I was scared. Now, you see, I want, I want you to understand this. If you do not use what God has given you as a tool, you will not be able to win souls outside the church. You only come to church, like yesterday, those of you who came and went for evangelism, you went to, you went to witness, right? Those are the only moments you have. 
the Christian activity moments where you, we wait for Operation ITCC, hey, we're going. Sunday, they say we're going for evangelism. But God wants you to use what you have as a tool for soul winning. I'll give you another example. When I was in school, when I was doing my master's, I had no idea what economics was because I'd never done it. So I realized that, look, Dennis, you don't know the thing. You have to study very hard. So I was studying every day for for the entire one-year period, every day I would sleep at 3 a.m., with the exception of Fridays and Saturdays. The other days, I'm, I leave the library. I'm the last to leave. Sometimes they're even sacking me from the library. You know, I'm closing with them. Why? Because I wanted to master this thing. I wanted to understand it. And I knew that this could be a tool. This could be a means to an end. So when I began to understand the course, anytime there's a group discussion, nobody... Nobody comes to the group's discussion. They say, that it's, it's Dennis coming. If Dennis is not coming, we're not coming. If Dennis is not leading the group discussion, we will not be there. Because they knew that, okay, this guy, he doesn't know it, but he seems to understand the thing better than us. A lot of people have done economics. But because of that level of influence I had, I could exert some force on them. When I say exert some force, I could exert a certain form of influence over their lives. Because people now look up to you and say, hey, this guy is a shackle. How does he do it? They begin to ask questions. How is he doing it? He said, you really want to know? You really want to know how I do it? I study hard, but I also depend on the grace of God. Do you know God? Do you know Jesus? Have you met him before? Do you even pray before you, start, before you even start studying? And that becomes, that becomes the beginning, the genesis of you being able to witness to a soul. So one reason, num- number one, separating, isolating your life or the skills you have from your daily life, your Christian life, separating your Christian life from your daily life. You will not be effective when it comes to soul winning. If you can see yourself as an ambassador, as a representative of God in your classroom, and you know that if you master your craft, if you're able to master the mathematics, the core mathematics, people will come because someone would, there's someone who doesn't understand it and someone will see that, Charlie, this guy, this girl, she understands the course. If I draw close to her, she will help me and I'll be able to pass. And that is your channel. That is your means. That is the ticket. That is the window. That is the beginning. That is how you can begin to speak the word of God. It may not even be day one. You start off just by building a relationship, talking to them trying to find out where they're from, what their interests are. But as you grow the relationship, then you find the opportunity to share the word of God. John C. Maxwell, who started off as a pastor, when God called him, he said, I'm calling you into the secular world. He was like, does it make sense from being a pastor to the secular world? It's, to some people, it's backsliding, right? But God says that I'm going to use what I've placed inside you, that ability to speak, leadership skills that are placed inside you to bring many to Christ. Now for years, his goal has been to win 150 souls every year. He says he has never reached the 150, but on many years he has achieved 100. So on the average, every year, 100 souls. Can you imagine the kind of crowns this guy has? Can you imagine? Verse 4. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew that 
it was Jesus. Verse 5. Then Jesus said unto them, Children, have ye any meat? They answered him, No. Verse 6. And he said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. They cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. So now Jesus steps into the scene. He tells them, do you have any fish? Have you caught any fish? He said, no, we haven't. We have labored. We've caught nothing. He said, cast your nets to the right side. They obey. As they obey, they begin to realize that the amount of fish they are catching is not enough. I mean, they're not able to haul it by themselves. So if you read the account of Mark and the other, other disciples in the Synoptic Gospels, they say that they had to get aid from other people who were at sea to help them haul the fish to shore. Another reason why we don't witness is because we're always looking in the wrong places. These guys were fishing, but they were fishing in the wrong place. And these were supposed to be experts, men who understood the craft, who had mastered their craft over years, but they had caught nothing. Jesus comes and says that, no, don't cast it here, cast it here. And when they did, they caught fish. Sometimes, we don't evangelize. We don't win souls because we're always looking in the wrong places. Or we're always going to the wrong places. I'll give you an example. I remember when I was a little bit younger, we went to a home and this Muslim man, man, this guy was just time waster. And thank God for Auntie Bridget's life. She was like, when you go out, there's some people who waste your time. Be careful of such people because God is probably also trying to reach out to, causing you to reach out to somebody else. So don't waste your time. If they say no, if they're argumentative, they're not listening to you, just pack your bags and leave. So this guy, would, he said he was a Christian. I think he said he was Presbyterian and he converted. He didn't believe in Christianity anymore. And that he cried, he was a malam. He can show me some things. I said, okay, you'll show me some things. <coughs> but the truth is, he wasn't the reason why God had sent us to that home. It was because of his daughter who professed that she was Islam as well. But the truth is, her time had come. And by the grace of God, through our obedience, that lady gave her life to Christ. And she's still standing. She's solid in the things of God, married to a pastor. Sometimes you don't look in the wrong, at the right places. We go to the wrong places. You don't pray before you go. You're going for evangelism. You won't pray. You're just getting up. You're going. You get there. Someone just, I mean, someone just messes you up. It tells you something that damages your ego. And like, you're like, I will never, ever do this thing again. Because we went into the wrong places. That's why Jesus says, tarry. There was a reason why he said tarry. He said, wait for the promise. That word wait is not just talking about staying in one position, but wait in prayer. The proof of it is that when they were, they were in prayer, the Bible says they were in the upper room praying together. Preparation is key. So sometimes because we do not prepare, we end up in the wrong places. Like the disciples, they ended up Casting their net on the wrong side and catching nothing. But if they had obeyed the master's instruction, if we obey his word, if we follow the leadings of the spirit, when you pray, when you seek his face, 
when you listen to the Holy Spirit, you listen to his promptings, he's able to direct you. He said, no, don't go here, you go here. Yesterday when we went out, I spent time with one guy. This guy was also proving to be very stubborn. This guy had traditional background because his father was a, is a fetish priest. He comes from Nigeria. He was part of the Mormon church. And now he says he's a Christian. He's at uh, Winner's Chapel. But the guy is so confused, it doesn't even make sense. Because he has three different ideologies as a part of him. And he says that he doesn't believe everything the Bible says. When he said, I said, okay, stop right there. You don't believe everything the Bible says. You know what? Let me take your number. We will continue this conversation later. I mean, we had spent some time talking, but I realized that fundamentally there were some things that needed to be dealt with. Because there were other doctrines he believed that were not Christian. He said, yeah, I believe in reincarnation. Yeah, I saw one time when, when a woman dies. I mean, if you don't want a baby to die, what you do is that you cut them on the side. I mean, traditionally, they do these things so that it's a symbol of not allowing death to come to them. That's why in certain tribes, they, say, they call people, what, Jewu uh, and stuff like that. Because when you give them bad names, ugly names, they don't, death will not come back for them again. He believed in all these things. The point I'm trying to make is that sometimes you meet people who waste your time. The disciples have spent their resources, their time, their energy, and they caught nothing. And sometimes we go out to the field, we catch nothing. We make, we make no progress because we don't prepare. Because we're looking, we are winning, we're trying to win souls in the wrong places. We're searching in the wrong places. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, one interesting thing about fishermen is that in order to be able to understand their craft, right, they need to manufacture the fish net in such a way that it's able to catch some fish and also allow some fish to go. There is something that is called a bycatch. Now, a bycatch means that it's a fish that should not have been part of the fish that was caught, but was still caught. When you, when you study environmental science, they try to tell you that when you catch too much fish, some species of fish become endangered. So there are even laws in certain countries that say that when the fish is of a certain size, when it has not grown to a certain level, you need to allow the fish to go back, right? Now, when the fishermen are making their, their fishing nets, they take this into consideration because there is a target fish. They call it a target group of fish that they want to catch. They're not trying to catch all kinds of fish. They're not trying to catch kmala, no. They're not try maybe they're, try they're trying to catch cassava fish. Maybe that's what they want. So they carve, they prepare, they manufacture the net in such a way as to catch cassava fish. Does it make sense? Now, the next thing you need to know also is that there are different types of nets. The disciples had cast their nets. One of the types of nets that exist is called the cast net. And I believe this is the type of net that was used during that time. Because Jesus said, cast thy net onto the right side. Cast thy net. And with the cast net, it is round in shape. It has weights at the edges. Such that when you carry it, you throw it. It draws a circular motion as it falls into the water. And by action of the weight and gravity, it sinks down. Any fish that is within the area where the net is cast will be trapped by the fish net, right? Makes sense. Once that is done, they leave it for a while and they begin to draw or haul 
The Bible says that the disciples began to haul. They began to what? Haul. In other words, they began to pull. Now, those of you who are doing science will know that in water, there's something called a drag force. If you're unfortunate, like me, but fortunate, like me as well, because I almost lost my life. I don't know why I was so crazy. I said I won't go the long route. I was going to Bible school. My wife and I were in the car. After national service, every Mondays, we go to some Bible school at Hacho. <laughs> we took a shortcut at Jeringano. There was some water body there. That was the day I realized that my folly had reached its limit. Yes, I learned my lesson. I, I, I did. You know what happened? The car said it wouldn't move. And we're right in the middle. Some old Alachaka was sitting right there in the middle. And the water current was so strong. Come and see. Water level rising. Hey! And there were some small boys there trying to do hook and line. I don't know, small boys trying to catch fish. I called to them. I said, Charlie, you try, let's try and push this car. Miraculously, we pushed the car. And the car moved. But part of the... It got, it got damaged. Mm. But what I'm trying to say is that there are strong water currents. And some are so strong, you can't swim against some of the currents. Uh, depending on the strength, depending on the force of the current. Now, imagine if the current is moving in the opposite direction as the direction in which they're hauling it. It's going to take a lot of effort. That's one thing. And two, we're talking about a multitude of fishes. Just said the net was breaking. So they needed a lot of help. So you can imagine how they were all working together in sync to pull, to bring out the cast nets. Okay. Now, another reason why we don't win souls is because we believe that Jesus' death on the cross is enough. Some people believe it said, ah, but Jesus said it is finished. When he said it is finished, he meant exactly that. What again is there to be done? Why do I have to go and win souls? Isn't, the, isn't that the reason why Jesus came? The Bible says the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. The Bible didn't say God sent Dennis to come and seek and save the lost. No, 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 no. He said the Son of Man. He sent Jesus. So if Jesus did it, that should be enough. But the Bible says that they needed to haul. They needed to pull. They needed to bring in the fish that they had caught, that they had trapped in the net. You cannot say you are winning souls by sitting in your chair. Soul winning is something that nobody can do for you. You need to get up and do it yourself. And some of us are happy to take a back seat. We're happy to see others do the evangelism, but we don't want to do the evangelism. And some of us use our money as an excuse to do evangelism, which is not bad, but you know you can go for evangelism. Or you can go for soul winning. You say, as for me, I don't, I, I don't have time. I don't have time, but I can send my money. You know, I can, they said, oh, they need posters. Uncle Bethman, here, take 200 Ghana cities. And you, know, and you feel fulfilled, but the Bible says that this is a command. The Great Commission was not meant it was not categorized for a few individuals it was meant for every one of us each and every one of us the bible says that he that winneth a soul is wise it didn't put the name there so if moro wins a soul he's wise if belinda wins a soul he's wise if moses wins a soul he's wise if alex wins a soul he's wise 
If Emma wins the soul, she is wise. So, everyone needs to step out there and win souls. The angels of God will not do it for you. Angel Gabriel is busy doing something else. He doesn't have time to come and win souls for you. These men would haul. Do you know that in ancient times, when the net was cast, in ancient times, there would be one man, they said sometimes they would be butt naked, jump into the water, have a pouch with them, and dive into the water, swim towards the, the, the place where the, the net was, under the sea, and begin to take the fish one by one. One by one. Take it, put it in the pouch. Pouch is just like a bag. Take it, put it in the pouch. Take it, put it in the pouch. Take it, put it in the pouch. The fish will not come to sea. The fish won't walk. It will not catwalk itself to the sea, to the shore. No. So it requires your effort. Jesus' work, yes, was finished. But it is not enough to say that Jesus is finished, so I'm not going to do anything else. He gave us a mandate. His last words were, Go ye therefore and make disciples. Go and make disciples. It was not an option. It is not something you can choose. But it is an obligation for you to go. He said, Go ye therefore and make disciples of all nations. We are to make disciples. You are to make disciples. We are to step out there. I keep saying that God will not come down to planet earth to do what he expects you and I to do. What he has done, he has done already. He has paid the price on the cross. But he will not come down to do what he expects you to do. God will not come down and win souls for you. But he will equip you to win souls. And that is why God wants to make you fishes of men. Whereby that action of being able to haul to bring people out of the kingdom of darkness into his, his marvelous light. To bring people out of eternal damnation into the kingdom of heaven. To bring the lost from the broad way to the straight and narrow path. That is your duty. That is my duty. Do you know that the cast net, that net we're talking about, we said it catches a certain type of fish, right? Now, there are certain fish that move in groups. Those fish, we call them, we call that term shoaling, to shoal. When you see a shoal, it means that it's a group of fish that move together. And the reason they do this is because they have they enjoy a certain mutual benefit from each other when they move together. It's like, you know, how you have your cliques, you know, this group. I know some schools they were saying that R&B, holy child, they call them rich and beautiful. And some other schools, they say, Qomik, quality men in cash. And RC, no respect for CD. You know, all these groups, the way you have your cliques, the way you have your cliques, the same way, the same way, the fish also have their cliques. They move in groups. They move in groups. And when they move in one in the same direction, in a coordinated pattern, it's called schooling. Now, one of the reasons why they move in groups is because it helps them to detect 
imminent danger. If there is danger lurking, there is a certain, by, by the action of their movement, they are able to detect. They are able to see. They are able to see way in advance a certain danger that might come. And they are able to resist that danger. They have defense mechanism to be able to overcome that once the danger approaches them. So imagine a net that's being cast. I believe that by, by virtue of the net that's been cast, it already disturbs the waves in the water, so they're able to sense that. And I believe that that enables them to even change their pattern and maybe swim in a different direction. Another reason, right, why we do not win souls is because we don't want to offend anybody. Don't want to offend anybody. It happens, it happens to me sometimes, even now sometimes. Don't want to offend somebody. You've been in the office with somebody for five years. You've been working with the person in the same department. You've never spoken about Christ to that person. And you know this person doesn't go to church. If not at all, the person actually, the person insults your religion. The person looks down upon your religion. He said, ah, these Christians, look at them. They say they are Christians. Look at what this pastor did last week. They're all fake. They're all fake. We should not go to church. He said they should pay tithe. They're all chopping our money. And you're sitting there quietly. Not able to say anything. Why? Because you have developed, whether it's a professional relationship with the person. It could be in school. It could be in your neighborhood. You've grown up with somebody for so many years. You've been friends since childhood. 10 years, 15 years. And at some point in time, you received the saving knowledge of God's word. You saw the light and became a Christian. And you know your brother, that friend of yours, is not a Christian. And you live just next door, but you've never shared the word of God because you're afraid you offend the person. You are scared you will offend the person. You don't want to offend the person. Say, oh, he's my friend. I don't, I don't want to risk this relationship. I could jeopardize everything. But let me tell you something. Do you know that soul winning, I believe soul winning is the only ministry or one of the few ministries in the church that faces opposition. If you like, organize new, what, new wine, this thing. A concert right now. This place will be jam-packed. People will come in their numbers. At Doom Praise, when they say Ty Trebet is coming from the USA, or William McDowell is coming from the USA, you see how packed the concerts are, you see how packed the dome is, you see how packed National Theater is. Why? Because that one, we like it. We like to jump. We like to, you know, sing, you know, hype songs, slow group songs, worship him. No problem. No offense. But say right now, we're going for evangelism or going to win souls. One, it's disturbing your comfort zone. Because it's like, hey, I, I'm leaving my familiar territory where I'm used to. I have to go to speak to someone I've never seen before. Someone I never know before. Maybe that person could be an arm robber. How do I know? Maybe I'll draw attention to myself. I mean, you never know. This person might, this person could be a stalker. The person might stalk. You have all manner of stuff. And above all, you don't want, you don't, you don't want to offend the person because you're afraid. I remember one time when I was sitting in a trotro. Hey, those guys sitting by me, Charlie. I said, yeah, this guy, he's been working out for only God knows. I don't know, for eternity. Because you see the biceps. And when you see the tattoo on his bicep and tricep, 
And when I looked at his lips, as dark as... <laughs> the eyes were red. Hair was kinky. I was wearing a sleeveless shirt. And by all standards, the smell that was being emitted from him showed me that this guy... Aircon, eh? Okay. I looked at this guy, I was like, hey, am I going to, am I going to share the word of God with this guy? I go chop slap right here. I don't want, I don't want to embarrass myself. I just clean one slap. How am I going to tell this to my, my friends? My same Christian brothers and sisters will laugh at me, first of all. I, I will never forget. I, I just I said, hey, Charlie, I battled with this for at least 10 minutes. Then I'll, I mean, I'll, I am, you know, peripheral vision. You know how you can look, but I'm looking at you, but I can, I can see what's going on. Because I only want to, to be so obvious. I look at him, I'll, I'll size him again. I'll say, hey, Charlie, the biceps, no. And I'll say, this guy probably smokes weed. Because when you see the lips. But I mastered courage. <laughs> I mastered courage in fear. And I was able to share a very quick word with him. Very quick. Because I was, in, I was intimidated. And these are, you will face these things when you go out there. The possibility of being rejected, being opposed, or offending somebody. The possibility is very high. Matthew chapter 10, read verse 9. Jesus said, look, I am sending you like sheep among wolves. Be as wise, what? As serpents and as harmless as doves. He said, then he goes on to say that, see, the council, they will come for you and they will flog you in public on my account, on my account, the governors, they will arrest you. But do not worry because in that time I will give you words to speak. This teaches me one thing, the opposition, it is there. You cannot escape it. You will not always have a good day on the field. There's some days you come back and you're like, you feel down or you feel angry. You feel like, ah, you're not even, even, even able to defend your faith because the person has, Charlie, the person over you. It's like, you wanted to say something, but the person just kept going, just talking, 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 talking. Before you know it, time was already up. And you feel so angry, you feel so upset. Or the person becomes so angry at you. I remember when we were in school, hey, don't broadcasting, even here at home. I bought my own megaphone, that one for the house, not even for school. When I come home, I should be. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. Before I can even begin to say, Jesus loves you, one insult. Oh, that one is even good. You're making noise. That's normal. Then they'll be going to fly insults at you. Say, oh, yeah, they, they. I mean, I'll insult you. Oh, what are you going to do? What would you say in that? What are you going to? Are you going to insult them back? Or someone says she would. Who is she? She's not in the service. She's gone. Would you? Would you insult? Would you? Would you insult the person? You pause and give. You say, God, wait, I'm coming. And you give it to him. And you come back. God forgive you. It's not. It's not easy. It's not easy. But hear this: the opposition will come. He said, on my account. Hey, flog you, pa. In Singapore, when you misbehave, so I'm told, if you litter, you'll take public lashes. They'll lay you in states. 
and you claim it, then you get a fine, sometimes 1,000 US dollars. Yes! I, I think um, Auntie, Auntie Jifa went there, so uh, Singapore. Yes, the, the neatest country in the world. How I wish we could introduce that in Ghana. Oh my God. We will, we, will, we will straighten out our lives immediately. You see a Ghanaian, do not urinate here. That is exactly where the person is going to urinate. The opposition is there. You will face the opposition. Look at somebody and say, you will face the opposition. Look at another person and say, you will face rejection. Look at somebody and say, you will offend somebody on account of the gospel. So, if I come and lie to you and tell you that when you go out there, Every day, miracles. Hey, lepers are cleansed. Hey, it is a lie. Because it's part of the process. Because God also begins to build resilience and character in you as you face that opposition. How can one man be lashed? What, 40 minus 1? I mean, how? And the lashes we are talking about, you know what a shambok is? When you take the hide let off an ox or horse or cow. Those, those marks don't leave. Oh. They are always there for life. Someone is able to go through that. A prophet tells him that, look, you go into the city. Agabu tells you, you go. He said, I am prepared. I want to end on this note, but I want you to, I, want to, I just want to reiterate this. The opposition will come. The rejection will come. Like the fish, they have their defense mechanism. The world has its defense mechanism. You're coming, you say you're coming to trap fish. Please, can you put up that picture for me? Hey, this, this one, when it's in my heart. Today, I brought four pictures, but I had to tell Moses to delete two because the other two were not good. Okay, first one. You see this? What you're seeing right now, first class fashion, eh? Okay, that is one mode of fashion. It's called a fishnet dress. I don't know if you know how. Yes, fishnet dress. And this mode of fashion has evolved over the years so much so that now it's become a sexy fishnet dress. Okay, we're going to go, wait. The second picture, you know that, uh, yeah. So five seconds, then we'll take it off, okay? On three, one. On your max, get set. Pay, put it there. No, no. <laughs> I said five seconds, put, put it back. Okay, now take it off, take it off, take it off. Quickly, 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 quickly. Yes. Some of you should not even know what this is. <laughs> you, sh you, shouldn't even, you shouldn't even know what this is. You should have no idea, but as bad as some of you are, as bad as some of you are, you know, 
The first time I held one of these, close to this, was when I was doing bright brights for my wife. Lunch, they call it lingerie. Yeah. You shouldn't even be, you shouldn't even be, you shouldn't even know these things. And this kind of fish, sexy fishnet dress, fi, listen, fishnet dress is supposed to captivate, trap, entice, and seduce men. So as other people are catching fish, others are also catching their thighs. You should have nothing to do with this. When you are about to marry, go and see Auntie Delphina. She would educate you how to be sexy for your husband. But until then, I forbid any one of you to have anything to do with this. Auntie Delphina, we good? Yeah. So, the devil would always try to corrupt something that has been you know, created through the inspiration of God. Any form of ingenuity or innovation that comes through the inspiration of God, the devil will always find a way of twisting it, right? This is one of them. Why am I showing you this? You should not be fishers of useless things. You are going to fish for girls. And those of you who go to the prostitute lane, I'm not living far from there. One of these days, I'll just take a stroke. When I catch you there, me cry, I don't go, I don't go there. How do you know the name? <laughs> and this is what the prostitutes wear. This is what they wear when they... When you go to the beaches, this is what they wear. When you go to the clubs, it's not making sense. Some of the movies I've watched, I see, I see this a lot. Clubs, beaches. As for prostitution, that is just second nature. I mean, it's, it's normal. This is the world that we live in. I came this morning just to inspire you a little bit, to let you know that if you can be a football evangelist, if you can be a fashion evangelist, if you can be a food evangelist, a zibana, some of you, you're always posting food on your Instagram page. You're promoting. I mean, you can do that. Why can't we? There's nothing that limits us. There is no limit. There is no barrier. I came to say that you can also be a soul winner. You can also win a soul for Christ. Win a soul for God. I'll leave it here. So I think, how many points were those today? Four. Ten in all. I want you to close your eyes. It's not about the excitement or even the jokes that come during the word, but it's more of what you've been able to take and what you're ready to apply. Because it could be like this. Some, someone will come and preach a fine word. Beth will come preach a fine word. Uncle you come preach a fine word, but your life is not changing. I want you to pray and ask God to give you the grace this morning to be a fisher of men. You look at your life, you know that you're not this thing called soul winning. You know you're not doing well. 
You only do soul winning when the church is embarking on soul winning. You only do soul winning when we're doing Operation ITCC. But you don't have a personal lifestyle of evangelism. I want you to pray. Everyone close your eyes and pray. Say, Lord, give me the grace to be a fisher of men. Don't close your mouths. Everybody pray. 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 Say, Lord, help me. Strengthen me. Empower me to be a fisher of men. To win souls for you. Let this be my lifestyle. Let it be an extension of my Christian life. Let it come to me easily. Open your mouths and pray. Lord, I come. Help me. Help me to be a fisher of men, to walk with you, to be faithful in this command, this great commission of soul winning. Not even because of the rewards that we will get when we meet you, but to understand the depth and the truth, the value of a soul and how precious those souls or that soul is in your sight. In the name of Jesus. Maya Zukula ma ikale breandes zige de bosha laye broski di maande kaya la babase. I have heard your word today. I came with a certain notion. I had a certain assumption. I had an, an understanding, but I know, I realize after hearing your word that there is no limit. There are no limits. There is no excuse. Libaro shekere meanda brasa kada bayande. Libado ko sekele menda labaya. I want you to pray also and ask God to grant you boldness. There was something very peculiar about the prophets of old. The Bible says that these men will stand before kings and declare to them, That saith the Lord. Because standing in the presence of a king is already fearful. Many naturally would cower at the presence of kings. But because of the boldness of God, these men were able to stand and declare the word of God fearlessly. I want you to pray and say, God, give me boldness to break through shyness, to break through fear. In the name of Jesus, we're praying for boldness. The Bible says the righteous shall be as bold as a lion. Libra akotolose. Lord, give me boldness. Give me the strength. Give me that spirit to be able to stand fearlessly. Paul said, as he was, he was in chains, he wrote a letter to the church of Ephesus. And he said that, pray for me that God would grant me words. That I would be able to declare the word of God fearlessly. Some verses say that I'll be able to declare the word of God boldly, of whom I am an ambassador in chains. We're praying and say, Lord, give me the boldness to speak your word. No matter the cost, give me your boldness. Give me strength. Strengthen me, Lord. Make me as bold as a lion.
Very quickly, if there's anyone here who's not giving their lives to Christ, if you're not sure of your salvation or you've never ever given your life to Christ before personally, I'm not talking about growing up in the church, uh, growing up under a pastor, your father's a pastor. No, what you have personally surrendered your life to God. If you've never done that, I want you to step out. If there's anyone like that, very quickly, I want you to step out. If also you're here and you're not sure of your salvation. In other words, if Jesus comes back today, you're not sure you will go to heaven. I want you to come up here as well. Very quickly. If there's anyone. Okay. If there is anyone here that is so scared when it comes to soul winning. When, when we're on that subject matter, your heart just starts to beat profoundly and you're, you're just worried because you some a certain sort of fear will just overtake you you want to evangelize you want to win souls but that fear will not allow you that you all sorts of crazy thoughts run through your mind if you're here i want you to step up as well quickly if there's anyone like that if you're not just sit sit down if you're here and you're afraid Maybe you did it once and you had a very bad experience, very, very bad experience. You told yourself you will never, ever try to win a soul again. Please come up. Is there anybody? Nobody. Okay. Lead me, Lord. I will follow. Can I have the choirs to sing? Lead me, Lord. And I
let everybody sing it. Sing one more time. Lead me, Lord. Lead me, Lord. Oh, Jesus. This is our heart's cry this morning, Lord. Lead me, Lord. This is our heart's cry. of the barriers that are ever before us. We've answered with our hearts and we give you our hearts this morning. You take our hearts and mold our hearts and put a fire in our hearts, a burden for souls, a passion for souls, that when we look upon the multitudes like Jesus, we will be moved with compassion. Lord, give us boldness Grant unto us the spirit of boldness. Grant unto us the grace we need, the empowerment we need to break through the barriers, to leap over the walls of shyness, to leap over the walls of fear. Strengthen us, Lord. We know that you are the only one who can. And we know that if we agree and if we are willing, you will equip us. We are positioned, Lord. Equip us. We don't know how to go about it, but just use us as you will to the glory of your name. We thank you in Jesus' name. And everybody will say a big amen. Say amen. 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 Just bow down your heads. Let's pray. Let's commit. Turn this into God's hands. Let's pray that God Himself will continue to strengthen Him. Whatever He's lost, whatever virtue He's lost, God Himself will replace it. May His ministry increase. May He experience God in another way. In the name of 
Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. I believe it was a good word. Yes. So I think today he did five, right? Five. Last week was four. So, so six plus five, eleven. So he owes us how many? When he started last week, he said 40. Okay. So he owes us. If he doesn't preach, he has to write a book. So we can make some money. Right? Anyway, all members of dramatic art um, department kindly meet at Gina after service. And our special visitors, please don't be in a hurry to leave. I think we have quite a number, about five or so. So after service, you are kindly reminded to sit at this front row. We'll be there to interact with you. We'll be there to talk to you. Amen. I want to take our Cornelius offering. And tomorrow uh, again, we'll lead us as we take our Cornelius offering. So give a good offering. Give unto God. Amen. Oh, let's clap for Moro and uh, Belinda.
standing as we bring the service to an end. Just close your eyes. Ask God that you want more of him, less of you. You're going to walk in that consciousness this week. That this week will be good. This week will bring forth many blessings. May this week be productive. Commit yourself into the hands of God. Whatever you'll be doing this week in your studies at school, at work, whatever you find your hands doing, ask that Jesus will be the center of everything. As you talk to people about Christ, may they receive the word. 
May your words transform the lives of people. May people look at your lifestyle and want to serve Jesus. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for another day in your presence. We thank you for all the good things that you've done for us that we speak forth into our week. We pray that you go before us in the name of Jesus. Your word says the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. That may you order our steps in the name of Jesus. May our lives be testimonies. That we pray that we walk in the consciousness that you came to die for us in the name of Jesus. May we share your gospel with people. May we share testimonies with people. That we pray that we pray committing our week into your hands. We pray that whatever we touch, whatever we do, whatever we say, whatever we look at will be Christ-centered in the name of Jesus, O oh Lord. As we leave church, we pray for traveling mercies. Take us home safely, O oh Lord. May everything that we do, O oh Lord, be done to the glory of your name. In the name of Jesus, have we prayed with thanksgiving and we'll say a big amen. Shall we share the words of the grace? May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Shalom. Have a nice week. Yeah, the books. Dolphina, the books I talked about. I talked about earlier on. It's being sold at the front desk.